2: Ronananian. When I'm in the shop, I think that's the time you have to throw the book away sometimes. There's places where you have to follow procedure. You know, you've got to go through steps one through ten on the diagnosis, and you can't skip the, you know, four and then seven and then nine and, and, and expect to complete it correctly or accurately or fairly or on time. Oh, oh, oh,
0: oh.
1: The Car Doctor. When a car uses oil, if it's not burning
2: oil or leaking oil, where is it going? Well, it's it's actually burning it. If it's not leaking it, it's burning it. You just won't see it because when the oil leaves the engine, what does it have to pass through? Catalytic Uh converter. Welcome to the radio home
1: of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to. For their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The
2: garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now... A little
0: salt. A little salsa, doctor.
2: He's Ronnie. Oh, that irascible Ron Tom Ray. I tell you, he's, um... You know, he's just always up and at him let's uh, let's do a quick burst of uh okay Tom did you uh, did you wish excuse us a minute folks Tom and I have to do some business here Tom did you wish Frank from WTbq and WGHT happy birthday?
4: You know, I forgot to uh, give him a call, and that
1: is his advanced age. That's not good to do because he he might not be able to get to do it.
2: (laughs) Don't let Taylor hear you say that. So let's. uh, She'll agree with me. (laughs) Yeah, probably. So, and she's right. So we want to just take a moment, Tom and I, to wish Frank Truitt, the owner of WTBQ and WGHT, here in the New York tri-state region, uh, happy birthday and many more, buddy. We appreciate your support all these years, and it's always a pleasure to get together. And uh, we got to do it more often. And uh, we enjoy being part of both of your respective radio families there. And uh, and we thank you for continuing to support the show and helping us to uh, talk to our listeners. So uh, happy birthday, Frank! Many more, pal. Um, and let's do a quick shout out too, Tom. You know we have a new affiliate, K E U N, down in Eunice, Louisiana, and uh, fourteen ninety AM on the dial. We want to welcome them. And for all our listeners down there in Eunice, Louisiana, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, we want to say thank you, and uh, we're glad to be part of your radio family as well. And if you got any questions, give us a call at 855 and we'll answer them here on The Car Doctor because uh, that's what we do. That's what we if do you best.
1: you really want to know about Ron, so he pay uh, well not to. So uh, it uh, you know, it kind of yeah. works like that. So, it, But it, anyway. Yeah, um, if, if you have any uh, things about Ron, want to uh, know things about Ron, just uh, you know, um, anyway, well not to tell anything.
2: Hey, Tom, kill your mic so um Why? Tom, tom's forgetting to kill his mic folks you know that's uh that's tom ray he gets confused by buttons i want to tell you about two alternators uh a tale of two alternators that's um that's really what this is about you know we we started this weekend talking about different things in the shop i want to tell you a story about two alternators that happened to us this week at the shop alternator number one um mike's a regular customer mike dropped off his uh, son's honda last week with no appointment and uh you know we're running about a six-day backlog, which is a little lighter than normal for us in this time of year and all. It's sort of normal, but um, usually we're two weeks, three weeks out. And uh, the battery light had come on when Mike was, uh, you know, Mike was driving around in his son's Honda, and he came on while he was driving. And Mike decided it needed an alternator, so he stopped and he purchased one at a parts house, went home, lifted the hood, and said, "Nah, that's too hard to replace without a lift." So he he dropped it off, and actually it was good that he did because not only did it need an alternator, but it needed an alternator. And um, uh, it needed a belt tensioner and a belt and a bunch of other things. So, uh, you know, he had some issues. So he called me and he said, listen, he said, "I, I dropped it down your way. He said, I'll be down to pick up the alternator that I left in the car. I want you to put your brand choice of alternator in, which, you know, makes sense, right? It's because it's not just about here. Give me your part. I'll put your part in. That's a lot of there's a lot of complications to that. And I'll comment on that further in a minute. Alternator number two is Kevin. Uh, a non-customer by definition, a consumer is what I call them up to that point. He called and left a message on the answering machine. Real message. Hi, this is Kevin. I've got an 01 Cadillac. I need an alternator. I've got the part. I went home to do it, but it was too difficult. I know it's about a three and a half hour job. Call me and let me know what you would charge to replace it. And I said, wow, this guy's interviewing me like I'm on job search. Like I, like I'm looking for the work. Like it's such a thrill. You know, repair shops are like going to a diner. They are. It's like going to a restaurant. There's only two things we have to sell. One is parts and one is labor. Uh, you know, we all do it, right? And that's whether you're a dealership, a tire store, or an independent shop. That's like any other business. Diners do it the same way. I want you to take your two eggs and go to the diner and say, here, scramble these. And then when you get food poisoning, whose fault is it, right? Who are you going to blame? And that's, you know, that's one of, just one of the reasons why you don't bring parts to a repair shop. I put in your alternator, And it goes bad, or it doesn't work, or you don't let me diagnose the problem, you're setting us both up for failure. So the lesson here isn't me just rambling on about, you know, hey, I've got to install my parts because I choose to. The lesson here is, are you setting yourself up for failure? Are you still sitting there and you're older than 25 or 30 years old going, I can't find a good mechanic because they're all too expensive. It's not that they're too expensive. It may be that you're not looking at it realistically. You've got to let the mechanic use his parts. He is trying to, if he or she is doing the job correctly, they are trying to set themselves up for success because they want you to come back after having a positive experience. That's what business is. I don't know anybody that goes out and says, I'm going to cook the worst eggs in the world today and open my diner and hope somebody comes back tomorrow. It doesn't work like that. You know, I declined the guy with the Cadillac. I just I just sent him a text and I said, right now the workload's too much. We're not taking on new clients at this time. I didn't want to get into it. And it ends up that one of the repair shops around the corner from us called me up. He said, hey, did the guy with the Cadillac call you? Yeah. What'd you tell him? I said, we're too busy to do it. What'd you tell him? Well, I don't know. Whatever I told him, he didn't like it because he was looking to get the job done for 200 bucks. I said, right. And he wanted to use his part. He said, yeah. It doesn't work like that. You know, it's, it's, you've got to let a repair shop if they're doing their job correctly, strive to be successful. You don't want to dictate terms, but you want to come to an even term. You want to understand each other. It's got to be attractive for the repair shop, and it's got to be attractive for you. You know, I've got my own part and how much to put it in is just about as attractive as a fat guy at the beach in a Speedo. It just it just doesn't work, um, and there's no need for it. So, uh just a sight I don't want to see and I don't like to see. So that being said, let's kick off this hour of The Car Doctor. We want to let you know down around the bottom of the hour, Tom Greco is going to be joining us. He is the editor-in-chief of New Jersey Automotive Magazine. is also here this week to talk to us about the Northeast Trade Show. If you're in the Northeast, up up around the New York City area next weekend, the uh, Northeast Trade Show, I think it's their 40th something year, 44th year, 45th year. I forget how long this has been going on. But they are the premier auto body mechanical event here in the uh, Northeast region. And uh, Tom's going to stop by to talk to us about it and some of the ed- continuing educational uh, processes that they offer to the, the public and to the re- independent repair shops and the body shops and such. So Tom will be here to do that. But uh, right now, let's kick open the garage doors and let's go talk to Jerry in Delaware uh, about this uh, uh, Toyota RAV4. Jerry, welcome to the car, doctor. How can I help?
5: Thank you. Nice talking to you. You Uh, I have a 2011 Rav four, and um, when I would start it, it would hang up after after the engine started. Something would hang up in the starter solenoid. So we uh, talked to a few uh, people, and we kind of figured it was the starter solenoid unit. So I had it replaced, and they put a remanufacturing part in there. Uh, then it was fine uh, for about six cold starts. It only basically makes the hangs up there for when it starts cold. So uh, it started making the hanging up again sometimes louder than than normal. So I don't know if it's a defective uh, remanufactured starter solenoid or if it's a relay switch or hopefully not a flywheel. And is there a part in the... uh, uh, Starter solenoid unit called a Bendix that could be hanging up in there. I'm just, <laughs> my wits end trying to figure this out, and even the mechanics it couldn't really tell. He said you'll have to leave it here overnight and we'll do a cold start, but there again, who knows what it is?
2: Okay, so let's 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 talk about this. All right, a starter is a pretty simple animal. All right, it's it's got a heavy battery cable going to it that provides the the correct amount of current or amperage. It provides the electrical energy and it's got a switch wire or a solenoid wire. I think in your case it's brown with a white trace. But regardless, all right, the, you turn the ignition switch and you energize that brown-white wire, which through g- the ground leg feeds out to the solenoid and kicks the starter motor out, turns it over, and throws the Bendix out. The Bendix and the solenoid, as you're thinking of it, are two separate things, all right? You're old school, you're old school like me, Sherry, or Jerry, I get it. Um, so just just be mindful. You changed the solenoid, the electrical device, the electrical portion of the starter itself, just the solenoid, or you changed the whole starter?
5: Well, apparently, it, it, the starter and the solenoid is all in one unit. Right. With, this, with this year of RAV.
2: right. Um, with most year RAVS, that's why I'm asking because if you if you did were able to change just the solenoid, you did something I've not seen yet be able to be done. So my my point becomes if you just if you change the starter assembly which it sounds like what you did, where did that part come from? Was it was it a good brand? Was it a name brand? What would you pay for the starter repair? Let's analyze uh, it like that. Uh, uh,
5: I, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, right, I don't have that paper in front of me. Uh, the, the mechanic, he got it from uh, somebody, and he's a very reliable mechanic. So uh, right now I don't know where he got it from. Um, I'm. Get, I think he paid about 130 dollars for it.
0: Okay,
2: so let's let's do this. You know that single wire that I talk about going to the solenoid. If if well, we, I
5: don't really know much about well, the stuff. I'm just yeah, trying to get your opinion. Of right, why it's doing this again after it was good for about six cold starts and then it started up again.
2: Okay, let me finish my thought. All right, there's a single wire going to the starter solenoid. All right. If we can, measure, we can measure voltage at that single wire, when you release the key, uh-huh. does voltage stop feeding that wire? If there's no voltage at that wire and the starter is still engaged in the flywheel, the problem is, is more mechanical than it is electrical. And the problem is either in the starter or in the flywheel. The easy way to determine if it's in the flywheel is if when the starter is out, turn the engine over by hand and look at the teeth count the teeth, Look, start and stop, start to finish. Is there any jagged parts of the flywheel that looks like it might cause the starter drive to hang up? Generally, the flywheels don't cause that condition. It's usually a condition found in the starter. All right? It's it's a three-step process. Do I have voltage on this wire? Yes or no. If I don't, then it's mechanically the starter's hanging up. Is it the starter or is it the flywheel? Pull the starter out. If you don't see any damage to the flywheel teeth, I'm betting it's in the starter itself. Get yourself a better brand of starter.
5: Okay. Then, and what color is this wire? Is it white wire?
2: It's it's a it should be a brown wire with a white tracer on it, but it won't matter. It's the only wire going to the starter solenoid. All right. Okay. Wire to the starter. Right. Not right. The wire to the starter solenoid, not to the starter. And not not the battery oh. cable. The single thin gauge or single thin wire going to the starter solenoid. That's what triggers the starter. Oh, to
5: the sol- oh, to the starter solenoid. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, you think that might be the problem?
2: Just like I described it. Simple as that.
5: So it could be a bad.
2: Um, could be a bad
5: starter. Could be a bad solenoid. remanufactured
2: starter. No, don't keep calling it a solenoid. Could be a bad remanufactured well, I'm starter. I'm just
5: saying that because of the, the mechanic said it's all in one unit. Right. But it's not a a
2: starter solenoid. It's a starter. It's a starter assembly that has a solenoid in it. Let's just call it the proper term. That's all I'm trying to do. So it's between the starter and the flywheel. Once you prove there's no more voltage on that solenoid feed wire, call me back if you need more. 855-560-9900. We'll return right after this.
0: What does
1: optimism look like? I'm on a quest to find the people who inspire us to dream more and do more. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. I talk to all sorts of people, from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to a hairdresser on Instagram who gives out free haircuts to the homeless. From the CEOs of the world's largest companies to the comedy writer who visited the wreckage of the Titanic, I love talking to leaders, artists, authors, and eccentrics about life, leadership, purpose, mental fitness, human skills, high performance, and other curious things. It leaves me feeling wiser, more inspired, and, well, more optimistic. Because after all, this is a bit of optimism. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look for it. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career.
3: Big bear of a man, called Mal Evans, it was on board, and uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, "Will you pass the salt and pepper?" And I misheard him. I said, "What, Sergeant and pepper?"
6: This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs: "Yesterday," "Band on the Run," "Hey Jude, and McCartney's favorite song in his entire catalogue: "Here, There, and Everywhere." Listen to Season 2 of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Bronze number handy, 855-560-9900, for when you really need advice on your car. Here's Ron.
2: Hey, let's get over and talk to Bob in Long Island. Question about buying a new car. Bob, welcome to the car, doctor, sir.
7: How can I help? Uh, yes, Ron, I'm looking to purchase a a used uh, Chrysler minivan. Okay. Now, there doesn't seem to be too much available on the market, so I, I actually looked at Enterprise rental car or whatever, Uh Uh, say, a 20 or a 21 uh, Chrysler um, Voyager. But it has a 3.6, and I think it has the CF transmission. And I set myself up for a disaster.
2: Well, you know, not if that's what you want to advise, Bob. I mean, yeah, that's that's that 3.6. Although the 3.6 in the last four or five years seems to have gotten better. The head problems that they had. Uh, valve valve seat issues and the cylinder heads themselves being a problem have seemed to have gone away. Uh, so, you know, they have gotten better. Again, it depends on just how are you going to maintain it. And all you can do is give it your best advantage. As far as the trans itself, it's not that the transes are a problem. It's just that they don't really make it easy to service. So just be mindful of that. Uh, you know, do the transes go 100,000 miles? Yeah, everything does. I mean, a lot of things go 100, 120,000 miles. It's just that when they get to that next step, you know, to get from, it seems like to get from 100 and 120,000 miles to 200,000, that's the trick. You know, it's like you can make it into your 60s. Can you make it to be 100? What do you do? Yes. Between 60 and 100, you stop smoking, you lose weight, you work out a little bit, and you drink less. Although it <laughs> seems like that's when you should be doing it more. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's you, you get my point. Right, it's 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 I, it's, I do it's, understand. No, yeah, um, it's, it's how well do you take care of it? Um, would do
7: uh, would should I consider doing a BG service on the transmission?
2: I would consider if if I'm buying a used vehicle, I am going to do a fluid service. If it's wet, I'm changing it. All right, now yes. this this is this is a twenty one. How many miles are on it?
7: They have quite a bit of miles already, 60,000 miles on those. Yeah, so if they've
2: got fifty thousand miles on them, I'm going to change all the fluids. I'm going right. to, I'm going to baseline it. I'm going to do, I'm going to be early. I'm going to do coolant. I'm going to do trans. I'm going to do obviously engine oil, brake fluid, and anything else I can get my hands on. If it's wet, I change it. This way, I know the day I took ownership. Three years after the car was born, I know that I did everything, and there's no question in my mind. All right, I I like rental cars because they can show you you know maintenance records. They should be able to show you and say, "Hey Bob, we, we changed fluid here, 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 and here." But I I don't like rental cars because I see how people drive them. They're not theirs, and people right. people can be harder on a rental. So, you know, it's it's it's, yeah. it's 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 a it's it's a gut call. It's how do you feel when you sit in the car? Does it look like it had hardware and tear? Of course, that doesn't tell you everything. But, you know, a modern automobile with proper maintenance can take a bit of abuse, probably more so than the cars we were driving 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago. To a large degree, things are made better. It's just that when they break, it's more expensive now, and dealing with the technology has a higher cost factor as well.
7: Okay, now, as far as... Uh, do-it-yourself uh, cooling system is uh, a special way that 3.6 would have to be bled out. Well, anyway. yeah,
2: and the problem is if you do coolant on your own, what are you going to do? You're going to drain the radiator. It, yeah,
7: but, and if you disconnected the heater hose
2: and... Yeah, but you're still not going to get... You see, the problem is you're not going to get what's in the bottom of the block, and you're not going to get what's in the bottom of the heater core. And if this has rear heat, you're not going to get the bottom... Um, you're not going to get the bottom or the rear heater core out as well. You've really got to find somebody that's got a coolant machine. You know, we talked about this. We had the folks on from Mala uh, Service Solutions. We were talking about cooling system repairs and coolant exchanges. And they pointed out that, you know, draining the radiator only drains about a third of the cooling system out, whereas doing a complete exchange, as they do with their machines from from Mala, uh, gets it all. So that's why you want to try and do a coolant exchange, not just a uh, drain and fill. So appreciate the call, Bob. Hey, coming up next, Tom Greco talking about the Northeast. Learn everything you want to learn next weekend. Be back right after this. Don't go away. (laughs)
1: What does optimism look like? I'm on a quest to find the people who inspire us to dream more and do more. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. I talk to all sorts of people, from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, to a hairdresser on Instagram who gives out free haircuts to the homeless. From the CEOs of the world's largest companies to the comedy writer who visited the wreckage of the Titanic, I love talking to leaders, artists, authors, and eccentrics about life, leadership, purpose, mental fitness, human skills, high performance, and other curious things. It leaves me feeling wiser, more inspired, and, well, more optimistic. Because after all, this is a bit of optimism. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look for it. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career.
3: Bear of a man called Mal Evans it was unloaded, and uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, "Will you pass the salt and pepper?" And I misheard him. I said, "What, Sergeant pepper?"
6: This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs: "Yesterday," "Band on the Run," "Hey Jude," and McCartney's favorite song in his entire catalog: "Here, There, and Everywhere." Listen to season two of McCartney, a life in lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome back, listeners. Ron and and the Car Doctor. And- You know, this time of year is a great time of year, especially if you're out here in the Northeast or you're traveling to the Northeast, because next weekend, the biggest regional show for the automotive industry is going to be down here at the Meadowlands. And as always, my good friend Tom Greco, he's the editor-in-chief of New Jersey Automotive Magazine, amongst many others. And uh, I always blame Tom for me getting my start in radio and writing, because 35 years ago he sat me down in an office interviewed me for the magazine, and he said, you know, if we get you to write like you talk, you might have something here, and 35 years later, we're here. Tom, I'm kidding. You know, I love you to death. Welcome (laughs) back, sir. How are you?
4: Thanks, Ron. I appreciate it. Long Um, time ago, my friend.
2: Long time ago. Very long time ago, right? Yeah. it's, uh, It's good to go down memory lane. Northeast, AASP, New Jersey's Northeast Automotive Trade Show, coming up at the Meadowlands you know it's a show geared towards the industry but it's also there for the do-it-yourselfer for that person that's working on their car in their garage the person that's doing body work the person that's interested in things as far as the industry is concerned so it's got a little bit of something for everybody uh you know if you were going to explain what northeast is all about to someone on a very simple term how would you how would you do
4: it well first of all i think it's a, it's a uh, educational trade show that Uh, delivers the best in education for the automotive repair industry and also the largest trade show on this side of the country for people, like you mentioned, that uh, that are into repairing cars, for body shops specifically, for collision repair shops, for mechanical shops. We have everything on the floor that you could possibly need to repair a car, Um, and we also also have everything in the educational end of that that shows you how to repair the car properly, especially in these ever-changing times, which you well know about.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, I'm looking at the slate of seminars. You've got I mean what you, Tom, you've got like fifteen seminars going on here? ADOS and um uh repair procedures. Um, EV,
4: yeah, everything. We're we're trying to cover the gamut because uh again, as you well know, Ron, the, the technology changes almost hourly these days. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's not your 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 father's automotive repair business anymore. In fact, no. it's not your brother's automotive repair. A, uh business anymore because if you don't adapt, you die and uh a lot of people as as you know as i think we talked about maybe touched on last year is that the pandemic really didn't affect uh the collision repair industry that that much because they were uh deemed they need they were needed i can't remember what the term was but essential
2: uh, they were essential 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 yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah. so you know many body shops collision repair shops were full and they still they're still full from the pandemic, so they've had a a couple of really good years. Business-wise, um, so with that, the, you know, they don't have time to keep, you know, ahead of what's going on with to all the changes. You know, just last month, or not last month, earlier this month, uh, Governor Murphy said he wants everything electric by 2035. I think in New Jersey. Yeah. Which we knew was going to happen because he said he wants New Jersey to be the the California of the East. So, um, you know, the, our our guys, the people that fix cars. They need to adapt because uh, if they don't, they're going to be left behind. And um, it, to come to a show like ours is is, where you, is the first step. You you can take the educational classes. You can learn from the industry's best and see what's coming down the road, but then also learn how to adapt to it. And then you can go out and show for and find the tools and the equipment and everything else that you need to stay with that and repair the car properly. Um, it's really the, the the total package, one-stop shopping. Um, for the automotive repair industry on this side of the country. And, and you know, it's only a, a, a drive away. You don't have to, to get on a plane. You don't have to get a hotel room. You can drive up to the show, come in, spend four or five hours, and, uh, and hopefully you spend more than that because it's a three-day event. But there's so much going on that you won't leave the show without something that'll put money in your pocket that's really the key to it. Um, it,
2: it it's a selling show too tom right i mean there's going to be some vendors there you know tools of the trade that type of thing selling and then obviously the bigger equipment isn't leaving the show floor that day but if you're interested in you know you want to go see a comparison of spray booths i'm sure all the spray booth manufacturers are going to be there for example or the tire machine people are going to be there so you can see you know cross analysis of who's got what and how this works and there's going to be demos going on and uh, you know, how certain things apply to whatever situation you're looking for, correct? It, it always was a working, selling show. It still is, right?
4: Exactly. And that that's kind of what makes us different from most of the other shows out there is the fact that you can come in and you can do either or. You can come in you put your – it's a very hands-on show. You know what I mean? You'll be able to use the, the, the equipment. The bigger equipment, like you said, you won't take home, but you will get a great show deal where you wouldn't get it anywhere else if you went online or if you went through a magazine or if you went anywhere else, you're going to get a show deal with northeast and you're going to get a deal that you're not going to get anywhere else. Um, and then you'll, But you'll also be able to try the product before you, you make such a huge investment. Then, like you said, coming down, whether it's tools or things that, you know, sanders, anything you need to take back to the shop the next day or that day itself, that's available at the show as well. As well, You put the money down, you take it, you go, and um, we have something for every, everybody there.
2: Tom, you know, and you've been... Full disclosure, right? You've been in the body, you've seen the body business grow from over the last thirty five years, from you know what it was to what it is now. What would you say in the last year has been the biggest challenge for the body shops? I mean, you've got to see this writing the magazine and doing everything you do, and 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 is that covered here at the trade show?
4: Well, I, I think it all comes back to technology, Ron, and then, you know the EV thing is is big, and we have a seminar on that. ADAS is huge um a big thing more than anything I think other than the, the you know the usual insurance problems that they have um it's finding employees you know and and that's a that 's a problem for most any business, but even more so in a business like like automotive repair because you need a trained technician it 's not like you can take anybody and mold them you need to have somebody with some kind of um either interest in fixing cars or love of cars um and it's just getting harder and harder and harder for these guys to find employees. And when they can't do that and they can't fix the car, then the customer has to wait and the whole thing gets thrown off. So we have one seminar is called Supercharge Your Business and Attract the Best Employees. That's something that you know can apply to any business owner, but specifically in this business, because as you said, I see it in the articles we write about the number one thing that our industry has a problem with is getting people, qualified people, to work for them. Um, and, and sometimes it's not about People that are out there, it's about you as a shop owner and how you do your business, and right. how you run your shop, and that's one of the classes that we're presenting that will, you know, will help people learn how to do that better and attract better employees and hopefully make it a little bit easier.
2: And I see, I see, one of the panel discussions uh, over the course of next, next weekend is going to be what does it take to be the shop of the future? Yep. Uh, you know, and and I can imagine what the body shops have to invest. I've heard stories that if you want to be a Tesla repair facility, for example. It's, it's an investment of $120,000 to get started. And, you know, at least. It, yeah, and, and then you go from there. And I'm sure as their technology changes, your cost to do that will change, and then that will be passed on to either the consumer or the insurance company. And it's an ever, ever increasing cycle of uh, what's going to happen.
4: Absolutely. Certification is a, is a big thing now going on in the industry where, you know, the manufacturers are, are picking shops to be certified. And then whenever, uh, you know, a person gets in, a, say, in a Tesla uh, collision or an accident. The Tesla uh, Tesla will say, "Okay, there's only three or four shops in the area that you can go to, to repair our car. The only ones we're going to sell our parts to. The only ones that are qualified and trained to do that. That seems to be an ever-growing topic, and we're we do deal, we are going to deal with that. to show and what, the, what it takes to be the shop of the future. But that, you know, that's kind of. You know, there's a, there's direct pa- repair still out there, which is sim- you know it's not similar. It's a different concept with insurance companies, but it's kind of in the same vein where a third party dictates the cus- dictates where the customer brings the car. Right. So there's a lot of different uh, parts of the puzzle in in specifically in in the collision field that doesn't really apply to other industries. Whether you, and that includes mechanical. It's just that you know you know you know as a mechanical shop, okay, you do the work, you build a customer, boom, it's done. With body shops, it's—I mean—it's crazy, but it's so much more complicated than that because you're dealing with so many different other aspects. Where it's not just a matter of here's your repair, pay me. It's you know you got to deal with the insurance company, or you got to deal with the manufacturer if you're certified. Um, it's just a yeah, again, it could it could make your head spin, and that's where we come in with Northeast. We try and present an educational slate that will educate. are are the repairers in the state so that they're aware of this and know what they need to do to survive in the future. And like I said, once they're done with the education, they step out on the floor and they find the equipment and the tools in order to continue that and be able to sustain the business.
2: A a, a great tradition, Northeast 23. uh, 44 years. Yeah, 44 years as it marches on. Down here at the Meadowlands in New Jersey, right, Tom? It's this weekend, March 17th, 18th, and 19th. Next weekend, I mean, uh, Friday, March 17th, Saturday, March 18th, and Sunday, March 19th. Um, our show, Dave Flores. Tom, where can the listeners go get more information, my friend?
4: Ron, they go to com.
2: Okay, com. Or I'm sure if they just go Google search Northeast Trade Show Meadowlands, I'm sure it'll come up that way as well, right?
4: Absolutely. And we, okay. we advise everybody to pre-register. It's free. Um uh, I mean, if you pre-register, if you come up, it's, it's ten bucks. But uh, very, we, spread, we put out so many free tickets and, and get the word across to pre-register that most people yeah. don't have to pay at the door. Yeah. So uh, hopefully everybody will pre-register and, and walk right in, get the registration, and walk right in and just uh, enjoy what we have to offer.
2: Cool beans, Tom, my friend. You be well. It Was good talking to you. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you again sometime.
0: You too, Ron. Thank you so much.
2: You're very welcome. I'm Ron and Annie in the car, Doctor. We are back right after this. Don't go away.
1: What does optimism look like? I'm on a quest to find the people who inspire us to dream more and do more. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. I talk to all sorts of people, from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to a hairdresser on Instagram who gives out free haircuts to the homeless. From the CEOs of the world's largest companies to the comedy writer who visited the wreckage of the Titanic, I love talking to leaders, artists, authors, and eccentrics about life, leadership, purpose, mental fitness, human skills, high performance, and other curious things. It leaves me feeling wiser, more inspired, and, well, more optimistic. Because after all, this is a bit of optimism. The world is full of magic and wonder. If you know where to look for it, listen to a bit of optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career.
3: Big bear of a man, who's called Mal Evans. He's on board, and uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, "Will you pass the salt and pepper?" And I misheard him. I said, "What, salt and pepper?"
6: This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs: "Yesterday," "Band on the Run," "Hey Jude, and McCartney's favorite song in his entire catalog: "Here, There, and Everywhere." Listen to Season 2 of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: And I'm going to take you there. So,
0: Tom. Oh, stop,
2: stop. There you go. Enough. Go away. Tom, we have a problem. Um, Rodney writes in from Pittsburgh. Uh, we have a fan club out in Pittsburgh, PA now, and Rodney is our uh, one of our biggest believers. He um, actually is a sort of a grassroots fan club. I, I know Rodney personally through family, and Rodney assures me in his email here. He says, hey, Ron, I, I wrote you to remind you that you have to do a shout out and say hi to my wife because she doesn't believe that I really know you. And uh, she gets annoyed every time I'm in the car with her, and I'm always playing the podcast, and she doesn't understand how I can continue to listen to you 24 seven. Look at that, Tom 24 seven. Somebody's listening to me. So to my, yeah, there's, there's always
3: one in every crowd. There's
2: always one in every crowd. So to my buddy Rodney out there, uh, Jeanette, PA, just south of Pittsburgh, I want to do a shout out and say I love you, and I appreciate uh, I appreciate you uh, supporting the cause and believing in the system, and uh, say hi to Anita as well. Um, But we'll uh, we'll see again real soon. So, yeah, that was for Rodney. I meant to do that Um, article came out recently talking about 31 percent of new cars are selling for above sticker price. Did anybody see this, that uh, the the price of cars has just gone through the roof? I can't believe what cars are costing. We had a customer in this week with a ninety four thousand dollar twenty twenty two Chevy Suburban. Think about that a minute. And it wasn't even loaded. I mean, it had a lot of the good stuff. And it had the air suspension. And it had the heads-up camera displays and all. But it didn't have the DVD players in the back seats. I mean, there was things you could have. You, could, you can spend hundred grand on a Suburban now. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, how do you justify that? I wonder how you afford that. Um, I feel for people. I look at, you know, some of the things that people have to go through. And I just, I don't know. Cars have to change. Something has to change in the way that we approach the purchase of and the pricing, uh, the price of cars is just is just skyrocketed. It's just, uh, you know, the article I'm talking about. I'll go back to that. The average new car price in February was. Tom, you want to take a guess what the average new car price was in February, uh, this year? Fifty grand. Close. Forty five thousand two ninety six. Wow. Compared with the 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 average manufacturer suggested retail price was forty one six. So the average car sold $4,000 over sticker for the month of February,
1: which is... You know, I was going to ask, how does the bank... When you go for the bank loan, how do they justify that? But I know someone who was recently in a car crash. The car book value was seven grand. You know, the car was totaled. They gave him fourteen grand because of the price of cars. Right. And it was like, really? <laughs> well,
2: this is all going to come home to roost, I think, because economically it doesn't make sense. So if we're paying more for something because of market value, that's not real value, is it? I don't think that is. You'd have to be an economics professor and explain that to me, because it's only worth $14,000 this month. Next month, it's going to go back to being worth $7,000. Uh, you know How does that affect the economy? Because that other seven grand has to come from somewhere. So um, it continues onward. 855-560-9900. We'll be back to wrap it up right after this. Don't go away.
0: What does optimism look like? I'm on a
1: quest to find the people who inspire us to dream more and do more. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. I talk to all sorts of people, from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff... To a hairdresser on Instagram who gives out free haircuts to the homeless. From the CEOs of the world's largest companies to the comedy writer who visited the wreckage of the Titanic. I love talking to leaders, artists, authors, and eccentrics about life, leadership, purpose, mental fitness, human skills, high performance, and other curious things. It leaves me feeling wiser, more inspired, and, well, more optimistic. Because after all, this is a bit of optimism. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look for it. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career.
3: Big bearer of a man, who's called Mal Evans, who's on board, and uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, "Will you pass the salt and pepper?" And I misheard him. I said, "What, salt and pepper?"
6: This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs: "Yesterday," "Band on the Run," "Hey Jude," and McCartney's favorite song in his entire catalog: "Here, There, and Everywhere." Listen to Season 2 of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome back. Um, Let me answer this email. This is from Peter in Tennessee. Ron, at the beginning of the show, you were talking about replacing the alternator and the belt. On a 2010 Honda Accord, you didn't talk anything about the tensioner, and you said you would. There was something specific you wanted to mention. Peter, thank you for keeping me honest, and uh, you're right. Um, The problem with this generation Accord is, and it, it was a good thing this customer had dropped it off to the shop because they never would have been able to do it on their own. The tensioner failed, but the tensioner on this generation Accord uses a short little, the best way I can describe it is it looks like a little shock absorber and it's mounted down low and it was frozen it was a 186,000 mile vehicle that you know hadn't seen you know the, the time of day or the you know the light of day in quite a while we see this car very infrequently it just runs and when we went to take the alternator belt off we couldn't move the tensioner it was just locked in place we gave it some time. We let it warm up. We let it sit in the shop because it was cold that day, and we couldn't get this. This shock was just stiff as could be. We ended up having to cut the belt off, and then we had to get the the tensioner apart, which was a little bit of a trick because the steel bolt going through the center of it feeds into an aluminum block, and the steel and the aluminum didn't really want to talk too well. We were able to get it started, and then it stopped, and I went back in. PB blaster helped me a lot here. I got a shot of PB using the pro straw down onto the threads of the bolt, let it work in there. The creep action just eventually allowed that bolt to loosen up. and the more I did it back and forth and a little shot of PB and back and forth, out it came. Now I got to find another tensioner. Honda's short on parts. It really they really are. There's, there's a lot they don't have anymore. in a 12- year old car, uh, they couldn't even get me a tensioner for this vehicle for a couple of days. Gates gates came through as they always do in the clutch i was able to get a gates tensioner for this car great quality i think it's it's probably better than the oe quality the way it looked they had some redesigns in it they did a great job on it but thanks to the folks over at gates belt and tensioner uh belts and tensioners we were able to get this car back out the door so uh, gates came through for us uh one two three we were able to get it finished and out same day so just good stuff Good stuff, and that's what uh, ended up being just the bolt and availability of parts, Peter. That's what I wanted to stress. Till the next time, I'm Ron in the car doctor, reminding all of you: good mechanics aren't expensive; they're priceless. See ya.
4: Hey, it's Alec Baldwin. This past season on my podcast, Here's the Thing, I spoke with more actors, musicians, policymakers, and so many other fascinating people, like jazz bassist Christian McBride.
7: Jazz is based on improvisation, but there's very much a form to it. You have a conversation based on that melody and those chord changes. So it's kind of like giving someone a
4: topic and say, okay, talk about this. Listen to the new season of Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you
7: get your podcasts.